Welcome to the Destiny Church 217 podcast, where we share the sermon of the week from Destiny Church. After the message, check out the show notes for links and more information on how to get connected with Destiny. Let's get into the message. Hey, good morning. I'm not crying yet. Everybody, Devin made it to church this morning. <laughs> the song we just got through singing was about the Father's house. And the only thing I could think about was we're in his house this morning, and the safest place we can be in the world is in the Father's house. Amen. Safest place we can be. That's the only place we need to be. I don't even know where to begin. I got the jitters. I don't think it's the nervous jitters. I think it's just the Holy Ghost. Just, I really believe the Holy Ghost. See? There we go. Ah. Just wants to get a hold of us this morning and really just wreck us. Because life isn't really about us, it's about Him. It's about what He can do in our life through us. An orphan's crown is what we're talking about this morning. Thanks to Aaron Dearman for this awesome title, this awesome picture, an orphan's crown. Backbones versus wishbones. God, just bless us this morning. Let us have an open ear and an open heart to receive what you have for us in Jesus' name. We're talking about Esther. Esther's only 10 chapters in one book. I never actually read the whole book until I got this, uh, for me to, to, to preach this. So uh, I've only heard stories of Queen Esther, like Queen Esther. That's all you hear. The one night with the king, the movies, these, all these things that come out. I tried to watch one of the movies and one of the first scenes was not correct biblically, so I'm, I'm not going to watch this. So I didn't watch, I've never, I, I'm probably not going to watch them, and I read the Bible, so I think the Bible's pretty true. Incredible story, but there's more to it than just her being queen. It's an insane book of the Bible. If I'm walking too much, come on, Rick, just, just stay with me, okay? <laughs> Incredible story, because it's all about drama. Everybody loves Drama. What's that, movie, what's that show they have, The Bachelor and The Bachelor? That's the worst show in the world. <laughs> worst show in the world. But that has nothing on this book of the Bible called Esther. Nothing on it. Because this book, there's only two books in the Bible that, have, that God is not mentioned, and Esther is one of those books. God is not mentioned at all in this Bible, in this book. Ten chapters. But guess what? He's still there. His fingerprint is all over this book. All over the characters in the book, all over the people, all over what's going on. So just, just go with that. Because, but just because God's not there, God is always present even when we don't feel him. Amen. Joshua 1, 9, we'll, th we'll throw up some scriptures every once in a while. Bam, there we go. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's always with you. There's a saying, when we started moving, we've, we've moved a couple states, there's a saying that I always kind of heard, wherever you go, there you are. Because sometimes you want to run away from your problems, so maybe I'll go to a whole other state, but wherever you go, there you are. But let's change that and let's say this, wherever I go, there God is. Yeah. Huh, David? Woo. <clears throat> He's always there. How many times in our life do we feel like God is not there? in your jobs, at your house, with your kids. I don't feel God. He's not there. 
So if that's the question we have this morning, that's just one of the many questions we might bring up. Let's try to get this question answered this morning. We want to come here to get something from God this morning. Right, Eric? We want to get something from God. I'll get to the story in a minute, but before I get to the story, I want to talk about Esther just for a minute. Esther was an orphan. That's why we have an orphan's crown. She was an orphan because both of her parents died. We don't know what, when they died or how they died, unless you're a scholar and you looked it up or went, I don't know. I don't know. They died. She had no parents. She was an orphan. But she was raised by her cousin Mordecai. He was a Jew, so he taught her in the ways of God to fear God, to pray, to fast, to seek God. You guys, you, guys, you guys okay over here on this side? Over here? You guys just all up in the Word. Look at that. So I want to I read this real quick. I wanna, before I get in the Word, I want to read this. Because she's an orphan. An orphan. How can an orphan become a queen? How can an orphan? Because she was an orphan. But she didn't become an orphan by choice. It's not a choice she made. It's not a decision she had to make. It happened because her parents died. Children, children are profoundly affected as their parents fall sick and die, setting them on a long trail of painful experiences often characterized by economic hardship, lack of love and attention and affection, withdrawal, withdrawal from school, psychological distress, loss of inheritance, increased uh, physical and sexual abuse and risk of HIV infections, malnutrition, illness, stigma, discrimination, ex- Exploitation, trafficking, isolation. All of this because you're an orphan. Let's keep going just for one more, one more minute. Orphan children are more li- much more likely than non-orphans to be working in commercial agriculture, street vendors, domestic service, and even in sex trade. Unaccompanied boys are at high risk of forced or voluntary participation in violent and armed conflict. Orphans... Orphanages, children's villages, and other groups of residential facilities generally fail to meet young people's emotional and psychological needs. They suffer physical and mental development problems, behavioral effects, cognitive function development, and relationship issues. There's a stigma that goes on when you become an orphan, a title that you put on your back. You're not, you won't amount to much. Your life is a wreck. How can I care for myself? Because you got a title on your back. You're an orphan. You, can't, you're not, you ain't going to mount to nothing. You, you, you're not going to have to be a queen. We, what, what, that doesn't make sense. So we want to take a picture about, I want you guys to look into your life, into your life, where you're at right now, and place yourself in Esther's place. Because there's a battle on the earth right now for one thing, and that's your identity. If you don't know who you are, You'll fall for anything. I had a dream last night because we're going to yeah, take this. Go with me. Ryan had a, when, when Ryan spoke last week, he had a dream the day before he was going to preach. And I said, God, I want to I have a dream. <laughs> right? I want a dream. I had a dream. And it didn't, I mean, I had it and I'm like, whoa. I kind of wrote most of it down. Here's a dream. Makes sense in a minute. We, were, we lived on some acreage, some land. We lived almost kind of like in a little cabin area. Me and Stephanie were there, middle of the night. And I have a gun. I, this is for real. I, have, I keep a gun on my, on my nightstand. Two magazines in my little box. It's safe. Don't worry. It's safe. 
So that's for real. So in my dream, I had the same thing. But all of a sudden, we, had a, we have a front door, and it has like a little, a little blind thing that you can open up, and you can look and see. And all of a sudden, 12 o'clock at midnight, somebody's at my door. This is a dream. And I open up, and some, some kid or some guy is there, and he's trying to break down the door and trying to get in the house. So immediately, I pick the gun up and shoot him, and I guess he kind of runs off. And, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, another guy comes and tries to break in. And I'm like, this is crazy. So then I, I kill him. And after that, it's okay. It's okay. It's a dream. <laughs> but I mean, it could happen. But after that, all of a sudden, that, ha- that, that, that fades away. Then all of a sudden, somebody else comes to my door. And it's some guy, like, he's armed. He's got a, an AR. One of the guys had an AR-15. I said, after this happened in my dream, I'm like, Stephanie, this is it's a good reason for me to get an AR. <laughs> anyway. But so after this happened, I look out in the yard and there are, there's like an army of men. Needless to say, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil wants to kill us. He wants to come to your house and kill you. And if he can't do it the first time, because you think, oh, I just, I got away with that one thing. And the next time, what's going to happen next? He's going to show up again. He can't get you once. He'll get you twice. But then if you, if you, if you not take matters in your own hand, but you trust God for what he's doing in your life, I, I killed both of those people because they were trespassing. They tried to get into my home. And guess who showed up afterwards? An army. Holy Ghost is going to take care of you. Incredible story. Cra- crazy dream. Thanks to Ryan. Thanks for that. Inspiring that dream. When things happen in our life that we can't control, we get labeled. We get told who we are before we get to understand who we are. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Come more verses. We're going to get into the story in just a minute. Sorry, guys. We are a new creation. Jeremiah 1.5, one of my favorites. We are formed in our mother's womb. Before we, he knew us, before he knew Esther, right. he formed us. He knew us. Being an orphan, it says this, John 14, 18 says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Come You're not going to live in this title and this, somebody that put, somebody put a stigma on you your whole life. God has called us to truth. I'm not going to be an orphans. He's called us, it says in Galatians 4, 4 through 7, I'm going read the whole thing. It says this, we might, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Call him Abba Father, a safe place. No longer a slave, but a child. God has made you as an heir. An heir. And we're going to see Queen receiving this. Queen Esther. It's amazing that we listen to what people label us as more than we believe what God has told us. Let's get to the story. Amazing story. Starting in verse one, real quick. I'm going to kind of skim across the whole story. Everybody with me? Everybody awake? Eric, Eric is waiting patiently. All right. If you haven't read the story, read it a couple of times because it's going to take a little bit of time to figure out who these people are. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of characters, but they're, the characters are going to be important. Queen, uh, king Xerxes starts with the X. King Xerxes has a queen, Queen Vashti. This king is over 127 provinces. A lot of land, a lot of property, a lot of money, a lot of wealth, a lot of power, a lot of selfishness, a lot of greed. Just keep going. And he has this queen. Well, then all of a sudden, he wants to throw this party, right, for a 180-day party. We call it a banquet, right? He wants, to show off his, he wants to show off his money. Why not, right? So he shows this off to his officials, to his men. And after the 180-day party, he wants to throw another party for eight days to bring everybody else that didn't get invited to come. 
So all of a sudden at the seventh day, he wants to have, he wants to show something off, show my new car, my new gun. Let me show off my queen. So he wants to invite the queen, says, hey, come in front. It doesn't say this in the Bible, but I think this is true. Come in front of all my friends and my men and just wear your crown. I want to show you off because you're the queen. And what, is, what happens? She says, no, I'm not going to do that because she had a backbone. She stood for it. So he, he kind of excommunicated her, excommunicated her out of queenship. She was no more queen. She got her crown taken. I'm sure she was okay with that because it's a mess anyways. And uh, let's see. So she was banished. So then he got, I think he began to miss her because he used her a lot for pleasure, for things that he wanted because he's a king. So he missed her. So now he wants to have a beauty pageant. This is kind of where the story goes of like, I understand, I'm kind of, I've heard the story about this part. So he, has, wants a, he wants a beauty pageant. So he has all his officials, all of his guys to go out to the 127 provinces and find the most beautiful virgins. Find them for me and bring them back to me. And then they're going to, they're going to hang out for about a year. They're going to go through different kind of beauty treatments for a year. That sounds pretty nice. For a year, six months doing one thing, six months doing the other thing, getting pampered, getting with, and perfumes and oils and all this fun stuff and cosmetics. And after that, you get to see the king. So that he found, of all those women, they said it could be 400, I'm not sure how many, 400, maybe, whatever. But Esther was there. She was one of the chosen. And there was a guy named Haggai. He was over the harem, or harem, however you want to say it. And, and Esther, because of who she is, because she knew who she was before she ever got there because she was taught by Mordecai, her cousin, that adopted her. And so all of a sudden, she found favor in the eyes of Haggai. So now Haggai gives her seven maids to take care of her, took, puts her in the best part of the harem. harem. Is this harem? Harem. Depends on where you live, right? <laughs> and then, so then Esther goes and does her deal for a year. She shows up. The king sees her immediately, love at first sight. Because she's beautiful. Beautiful. Like my wife back there. She's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful in form and feature. I knew that was going to happen. And she became queen over all this land with, with King Xerxes. In the midst of all this, she found favor. When God is with you, favor will follow you. Matthew 7, 16 says, you will know them by their fruit. We talk about this a lot. Ryan loves this. We love this all because you can call yourself a Christian, but if you ain't no fruit showing in your life, what are you really doing? Because just because she didn't speak about God and she didn't preach on the corners about who God was, she still had fruit in her life. She had favor. She, that's all, she lived in favor. And look where it got her. But I'm going to say this a couple of times because she didn't choose to be an orphan. It wasn't by choice. She didn't choose to be a part of the harem either. And she obviously did not choose to be queen. What about your life? You're always asking questions about why am I here? Why am I in this church? Why, am I, why do I have friends? Why do I have the friends I have? Why am I the job that I'm at? Is my job even going to work out? Or not. Because God has probably placed you there for a reason. You just don't know it. 
Queen Esther didn't know, she didn't totally understand why she was getting in those positions, but she had favor and she walked in faithfulness and commitment to God and it put her there because the favor takes care of you. God wants to bless you with things and give you things that you can't earn for yourself. She could open her mouth when she met the king. She could open her mouth. She probably got, could have got even killed because all this, Mordecai told her, when you, when you become queen, don't tell them you're a Jew because they're probably going to kill you. So he said, okay, I'm not. So she kept it in. So she could open her mouth. She could have lost it all, doing her own thing, want to do, oh, I, I, this is probably a better way. But God said, no, I got a better way. Let me show you because of favor. Let's keep going, man. Incredible, incredible. Okay, where am I at here? I got my big Bible today. I, I feel official and all that's good stuff. Okay, where am I at here? Okay, man, Eric, I got so excited. Now I got to figure out where I'm at. I'm already past that, past that. She won favor. So Mordecai, he, for some reason, he always hung out at the king's gates in the front of the, of the palace. And he overheard two men talking that were, that were guards of, of the palace. And they were talking about plotting to kill the king. So Mordecai heard. Mordecai said, this is not going to happen on my watch. He went and told King Esther. King Esther told the king, King Xerxes, that somebody's trying to kill you. The king had both those two men hanged on a gallows and killed them immediately because of Mordecai. So Mordecai saved. They wrote it down in a little journal called the Journal of Annals. So don't forget about this journal, okay? It's a journal. I'm just calling it a journal. Record books. After that, it says, uh, there's a guy that came on the scene called Haman. Anybody heard of Haman? I hear a boo, a boo, Haman. Okay. Hey, man. So this guy shows up on the scene all full of himself. He's a liar. He's a thief. He's just everything. He's just evil, evil, evil. Shows up, he wants everybody to worship him. He gets second in command under the king so he can, make, he can start making some decisions. Everybody wants to bow down to him because that's what he likes. But there's one man that everybody bows down and one man stands up and who's that one man? That one man is Mordecai. So he, somehow he must have got to, got to know, uh, Haman must have got to know Mordecai a little bit because everybody's on the ground worshiping him and there's one man standing you're going to be facing eye to eye to this guy. Why are you standing? You, I want you to worship me. But he'll never worship because he knew he, he, he only worshiped one true God. And so that kind of started like bubbling in Haman. I don't like what this guy's doing. I want some control. Controls, everything is about control. He wanted to start, he wanted to kill him. He wanted to kill him. He found out he was a Jew. I want to kill all the Jews. And guess what? Queen Esther is a Jew. So now he wants to kill everybody. So he goes to the king and says, starts lying and all this stuff, telling stories about uh, the Jews and about this, this, this people group, their, 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 their lying group. I want to get them killed. So he, he takes the signet ring from the king because the signet ring is a final stamp on the decree. So they, signed, they put a decree together to send out to all his provinces to kill all the Jews. And Haman stamped it. And uh, so now there's a, a decree going out. The Jews find out, they're scared. Mordecai finds out. He goes to the Wailing Wall and begins, I mean, not the, the Wailing Wall. He goes to the front of the, of the, the gates and he's wailing and weeping and he's, he's like, doesn't know, he just can't, he just can't hold it in because this happened. And they have a, they have a the, the decree was for a year and after that year, they're gonna go kill all of them, all the Jews. 
And then someone heard, said, Mordecai, what's going on with Mordecai? And then the queen was curious, so they took, took, went to the queen, and we're, this is where we're going to kind of pick up right here. This is where it gets, this is, it's all going to come together, okay? Trust me, trust me. It's just a crazy, dramatic, insane story. But I, got, I still got some time. How much time I got? What time I got to be done? Huh? Oh, yeah, I got some time. I can slow down. Let me just take a breath, everybody. Breathe in the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Chapter 4 is the, is the chapter. This is the chapter. So Mordecai is sobbing and weeping, knowing what's going to happen. Send someone to tell Queen Esther. So he, he gave a copy of this edict to Queen Esther. She sees it firsthand. Where should we begin on this? The man went back and reported to Esther and with what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, all the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king will be put to death. Because Mordecai told Queen Esther, you need to go to the king, you need to beg the king to not kill the Jews, to not kill my people, beg him and find favor with him. But she said, if I go to the king without permission, pretty much, he will kill me. Probably because she's seen this happen before. I'm sure she's seen it because she's been around a little bit. I'm sure she's seen men try to approach and be hung or whatever, being killed immediately. So she knew if she goes to the king, she signs her death warrant. But she knows if she doesn't, every Jew's going to be killed, including herself, when they find out she's a Jew. Ooh, it's going to be good. So she tells Mordecai this. Mordecai comes back with this. You guys listening? This is where you need to mark down. This is, this is the couple of verses you need to mark down and put on, your, put on your life. When Queen Esther, the words were repeated to Mordecai, he sent this, this is the answer he sent. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from somewhere else, from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, gather all the Jews in Susa and fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days, day and night, and she'll do the same. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. <laughs> and if I die, I die. We're talking about <laughs> backbones versus wishbones. You can't stand in the midst of adversity with a wishbone. You got to come with everything that you got and stand in front of the king. You ain't got to beg for it either. She knows what she wants. The, the, this is a queen that knows how to stand for what she believes in. She's selfless. She's powerful. She is strong because she knows who her father is, Father God. Go back to this. She didn't choose to be an orphan. 
She didn't choose to take part in a beauty contest. That's not her choice. You guys understand what I'm saying? You, sometimes we don't choose to be put in, place, in positions that we're in. We don't choose those positions. We don't choose, I mean, sometimes we just don't choose a lot of things in our life. Things just happen. But guess what? God is always in the midst of those things and always going to work it for good. Amen. Always. Because a lot of times, a lot of us are going to face death. We're going to have to go to the king and find approval or die. We probably feel that way a lot of times. But that's not, that's not our reality. Not yet, anyway. But God knew who he wanted to be standing at that place at that time. He wanted a queen with a backbone. Where has God placed you? Why are you where you are? Why are you going through what you're going through? We complain about how our life sucks. My wife just left me. My, my husband just left me. My kid hates me. I'm not making enough money. But don't you think that God has put you in that place for such a time as this? Do you guys understand what I'm saying? You guys are awake. In the back? Somebody in the back? There you go, Bonnie. But God. It's not always about being comfortable where we're at. It's not always about doing what we want to do to my, to my kids that all the time. Do you think Queen Esther was comfortable at all ever in her life? She was a freaking orphan. Her parents died when she was a kid. Isn't that good about that? She got pulled from her home to go to a harem and hang out with the king. She became queen. I always hear this story about, oh, it's so fantastic that she became the queen. Like, that's, oh, just, you know, it's gravy. Like, she has it all. I just don't, I just don't, for me, it just doesn't sit well with me. But God called her to that place for such a time as this. He's got to have the right person at the right time to stand with the backbone. Right, Tim? Is he calling us to do that? Gotta have a backbone. Okay. Listen to this. Esther had favor. She had beauty. Beauty got her in the door, but it wasn't going to save her. Favor's gonna get you so far. It's gonna open the door to go to special things, to do special things, hang out with the right people. They don't get you nowhere else. You gotta be faithful in the small things. Seek God. Fast and pray. That's what Queen Esther did, and then something happened. Something clicked, something broke. So, okay. So this happened. She said, if I die, I die. She came to the king knowing she could die, and guess what? He put out a scepter and accepted her. She touched it. He asked, what do you want? What do you need? I'll give you half the kingdom. She says, I want to have a banquet with you and Haman. Just you and Haman. So she had a banquet with both of them. 
Haman goes home and so excited. He's such a punk. He goes home and just, he could talk to his wife and his kids and the, some other guys. And he's just, and all of a sudden he starts to conspire because he wants to kill Mordecai. He builds a seven story tall gallows, which is something device to hang people on. This is what Haman does. He's evil. People that are conspiring to kill us. People that are conspiring in your life to talk bad about you, to, to, to say the things that, that need to be said. And they say them anyways. So he conspires this to his wife. All of a sudden, then Queen Esther again, he actually builds this, this gallows. And then he, uh, and then Mordecai, no, I'm sorry, not Mordecai. Then Queen, not, oh my gosh, so many names. I got to get them right. <laughs> King Xerxes goes home and he can't sleep after that night. And so I guess they have these, these records that they keep, this journal they keep, they have it read to them. So he had it read to them and guess what? What did he read? He read about Mordecai. How Mordecai saved his life. And he's reading this, and he's wondering, how can I honor this man that saved my life? And guess who shows up? Haman shows up. Haman's conspiring to kill Mordecai, and all of a sudden, now the king wants to honor Mordecai. So guess what Haman gets to do? Honor Mordecai. What a punk. Man, how many punks do we have in our life? So he, gets to, he has to honor him. <laughs> Let them robe the man the king delights to honor and lead him on the horse to the city streets proclaiming before him. Uh, this is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. So Haman hates him, wants to kill him. And he's walking with him on a horse honoring the man. Because God is powerful and God is on the throne. You, you guys can clap more than that, huh, Joey? Come on, come on. <laughs> Can I get an amen? amen? Oh, man. So he has another. So Queen Esther wants another banquet for her, for the king and Haman. Haman's excited. He just, he thinks, he's just, he's such a, he's a punk. He's just selfish. And he thinks this is about him. Like I'm getting, I'm getting all this, you know, he's getting all this. Well, then all of a sudden she, she tells the king that there's a man that's being that's deceiving people. And the king's like, well, who is this man? We need to find out who this man is. And, he, and all of a sudden, Haman comes up and Queen Esther says, this is the man. Haman's the man that's been deceiving us. He conspired to kill the Jews. And guess what? The king hangs him on the same gallows he built to, king Mor to kill King Mordecai. Or not the king, but Mordecai. Use the same gallows that he built and he got killed on it. How crazy is that? That's called trust. When someone's talking junk about you, that something didn't go right about you, are you going to be in control of it or are you going to let God be in control of it? God's working behind the scenes to take care of our life. And we never see it. He wasn't spoken about in this, in this book. But man, what was he doing? Man, he was doing some stuff. He was intric intricately working to bless his people. Isn't that right, Nick? Yeah. Come on. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to end the story, but I got some more things I'm going to say. So with that, Haman gets killed. Mordecai gets placed. Can you, can you guess where he got placed in position? Second under the command of the king, Mordecai. Mordecai knew who God was. Mordecai trusted 
in the midst of opposition. Woo, he had a backbone. He gave that backbone to his daughter or cousin, Queen Esther. And so, they, so after he got that position, he got the signet ring that, he, that, that Haman pretty much stole. So now Mordecai has power. So they had to send another decree out because that decree that they sent out the first time, it cannot be pulled away. Like it's, it's, it's there. It can't be canceled. So Mordecai gets the signet ring. They sign up this, this decree. They send it back out. He finalized it. Hey, guess what? Jews, you're not going to die. They're going to come after you. They're going to try to fight you, but you have permission now to fight back. The king's edict granted the Jews in every city that the right to assemble and protect themselves to destroy, kill, and annihilate any armed force of any nationality or province that might attack them and their women and children and try to take their plunder. Man, has God given us opportunity and God given us favor over that. Woo. Second Timothy says this, for God does not give us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Yes. They could have been full of fear, but they weren't because they fasted, they prayed, they sought God. I like this here in Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as a man thinks with himself, so he is. I had a point written down and I don't see where I saw it at. But Queen Esther knew she was a queen long before she ever became queen. For as a man thinks with himself, he, so he is. She knew she was a queen before she ever became queen. She never probably didn't know, realize she was going to take that position as a queen, but that's what she, she had that mindset. She knew her identity. She knew who she was as a child of God. She was God-fearing. There's a book called Destined to Win. Oh, I, let's, let's, let, me, let me go back real quick. In Esther 9, the, the enemy came to the Jews and they killed them all. Over, over 75,000 of the enemy killed them. They never took their plunder either. The enemy wants to take your plunder. The enemy just wants to kill you and take everything that he can. God wants to bless you and give you only what he can give you. That's pretty much 10 chapters right there. Quick, to the point. Is that right, Tim? Yes, it is. And Destined to Win, it's a book written by Chris Valentin. If you ain't never read it, it's an awesome book. We did read it as a, as a staff, so it is, it is okay to read. <laughs> but women and men of radical faith and outrageous courage are forged in the fire of circumstances. We are God's champions. We weren't called to sit around the palace sipping suds and polishing our armor or crown. Nor were we called to hold a spiritual body of Christ building contest, competing for the congregation's applause while the world goes to hell. We have been left behind to transform the world. 
We're not called to not only save ourselves, we're called to save our families. It's not about us. It's about your kids. About your kids' kids. It's not really about your job either. It's not about how much money you make. It's not about us. Even when we don't feel him, he's there. Even when we don't see him, he's there. Even when we can't hear him, he's there. He's always there with us. Esther did not identify as an orphan. Don't we... Don't you think it's funny, this whole identification thing nowadays? How do you identify? I'm not going to go into it. I'm not going to do that. Okay, Eric, I'm not going to do that, Eric. But she did not identify as an orphan. She could have, because that's what happened to her. Things happen to you, all of a sudden, what happens? You get fired from a job. Oh, I'm a, I'm a crappy employee because I lost my job. I got fired. That's your new identity. I, I don't make enough money. I must be a loser because I'm not working. I can't work hard enough to make enough money. I went to war. Came back with PTSD. And now I identify as this. God has so much more for us. So much more for us. He's always with us. She did not identify as an orphan. She identified herself as a queen. A queen with the backbone. Not right, Eric? The backbone. <laughs> what an amazing story. It's a true story. Dramatic, but it's true. Queen Esther identified herself as a queen. That's who she was. I just really want to give a chance and opportunity because I feel like we come into the house of God and we, we hear the word spoke and we worship and things like that, but sometimes we need to make a choice to be transformed. He called the Queen Esther for such a time as this to not just save herself and not to, just to save Mordecai, but to save her whole people group, everyone. What has he called you to, who has he called you to save? Has he put you in a position to save someone other than yourself? But I want to pray. I want the Holy Spirit to begin to move. He's been moving. Do you feel him? The Holy Spirit shows up in a room. Something needs to happen. We can't become, we can't become back row Baptists and be comfortable where we're at in our life. Because he's called every one of us, every one of us, for such a time as this. Our world's going to hell, and we're the only ones who can do something about it. Yeah, only ones. <laughs> People are walking around, don't know who they are, identifying as this and that and the other. They're so confused. And we have the answer. We carry Jesus wherever we go. We do what he tells us to do. And you can be to step out in faith and the hell's gonna start breaking loose. 
They're going to try to come to your house and kill you. And if you stop them then, they guess what? They're going to come right back and try to kill you again. That's why I need to get plugged into connect groups. I know I said that right in there. Woo! I didn't even know I was going to go there, but come on. You got to get connected to your church. Right, Tim? Casey? Get connected. If it wasn't for Esther, Mordecai wouldn't have been in second in command. But if it wasn't for Mordecai, Esther probably would never have saved the Jews. But God, you gotta be a part, not for yourself. So I'm gonna give us an opportunity. I'm gonna pray, and after we pray, I want some of my connect group leaders to come up here. Not right now, but after I pray. Because the Holy Ghost wants to deposit something in your life this morning. Somebody said fire. He's all about that fire. We come here to get something. If you came here just to hang out and enjoy, you can go ahead and leave. No, don't leave, but. But I go home and watch a football game and get the same thing I get out of you come here and don't, don't really let God transform you. We've got to get to a point in our life where we come to church to not get just filled up, but really, yeah, be changed. Because He's preparing us, He's preparing us for war, for battle. And for such a time as this. Woo! Holy Ghost. I just want everybody to stand. Can anybody stand? Holy Spirit, we know that you're here. We acknowledge your presence in this place this morning. And we ask for you to rain fire down this morning on us. A tangible presence that we can feel. God, I pray that you begin to give us and strengthen our backbones to be strong, to be courageous, to be faithful and committed to what God has called us to do. Then when we begin to face adversity, we face that, that boss, that person that did something wrong to us, when we get to face those people we can speak truth and life into them. And God, you'll give us a backbone to stand up for what we believe in and quit backing down to the enemy. God, I pray this morning as if any of us want to make a difference, want to make a change, want to publicly, we, we, we got the baptism this morning. How, how beautiful that is to, to be buried with Christ. And to be raised in new life. That's a prophetic act. This is a prophetic act showing that I was once dead and now I'm alive with Christ. Yeah. Yeah. He's called us for such a time as this to bring heaven to earth. 
We live in a world that's full of hell, that's going to hell. And who else is going to bring heaven but us? Because when we get saved, heaven begins to be instilled in our life. Isn't it good when the Holy Ghost shows up? He breaks down the walls. He gets to break chains that have been bound, that you've been bound in for your whole life. God's called you to be more than you are. The Bible says more than a conqueror. If he's called you to a place that says, I've called you to, to, for such a time as this, you can't do that bound up. You can't do that carrying chains or carrying a bag full of baggage. He wants us to be free this morning. Because God has favor over you. Because you're beautiful in his eyes. Why are you beautiful? Because he created you. There's only one you, and that one you is beautiful. You were once dead to sin, and you're made alive in Christ. The water has washed you clean. All the stuff you've gone through, it's no more. It's buried. It was, it's buried in a grave. Quit. Let's quit going, taking our little shovel, and trying to dig up dead bones that are already dead that's been buried. So I just say this morning, after I say amen, we're gonna have the connect group leaders come up if you if you want, probably, yeah. And if you just want more of God, if you need some healing in your body, if you need something, if you want just for us to pray for you and encourage you, prophesy over you, whatever you might need this morning, please come. I want you to leave here with some type of deposit from the Holy Ghost and be changed for this week. And next week you come back and get you something else. But what you get this morning, steward it well. Write it down. You get a good word, write it down. You get healed, write it down. Tell somebody. Queen Esther wasn't afraid. If I perish, I perish. But guess what? I'm going to go anyway. And we're too afraid to pray for someone in the, in the line at Target or something. Because they might say something. They might look at us funny or something. Queen Esther had a backbone. If I die, I die. But guess I'm going to go anyway. In Jesus' name. So God, I just pray that you would just begin to just work on us. Change us from the inside out. As we come up here to receive in a minute, I pray, God, you would begin to just give us what we ask for. In Jesus' name. Give us what we ask for. Holy Ghost, wreck our lives this morning. Wash us in the blood of Jesus. Put us around the right people. Take us to the right places. Let us speak the right words. In Jesus' name, come on up. Connect group leaders, come up. If you want to pray, if you need any prayer, healing, if you just want an encouraging word, please come up. Don't be afraid. If you're okay with where your life is right now and you're not up here, 
We'll be done. We'll conclude the service. But if you want to just come, receive something from these. This is our connect group leaders. These are the ones that are leading outside the church. They're imparting in our, in, in our church's lives. Feel free to hang out. Just enjoy his presence. But if you get out go, you got to go. It's okay. As we conclude this podcast, we want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please consider subscribing to receive our weekly podcast on your device. Check out the show notes for links to our website, more information about this message, or to support our ministry. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.